Look around. Everywhere these days, people are crying out for effective leadership. There's no mistaking it any longer. Men, especially leaders, are struggling, emasculated by imposed rules, stereotyping, and leadership models that are no longer working. There are many women who are doing a much better job at leadership than the men, and we need to recognize them. We need their help too. Welcome to Well, the Women's Expressions on Leadership, Learning, and Liberty podcast show, and I'm its host, John Krotek. This is the show where women can help us men to be better men, more effective leaders. Our guest for this episode, really the third episode of the WAMP show, the Women on Masculinity podcast show, is a friend of mine from Western Australia. Her name is Mandy Gibbons, and we welcome her to the show. And, and Mandy, Mandy's interesting, and, and in a good way. <laughs> she's, she's, she's had a brain injury like me, and she's overcome that. But she is the, the resilience coach for men. And she's got a growing reputation in the land down under, but she's starting to get an international flair to what she does uh, to help men. And we all know how, how much help we need, right? She is the ultimate advocate for men who are seeking direction in their lives. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, we look around today and men, in my opinion, and I'm one of them, and I'm not a traitor to my species, right? Or my gender, but... I believe men are in crisis, and I believe that it's going to be the reason why we have the show is because I think it's going to be women that help us to get out of this place. Um, her program that you can find out more about today, and we will, called The Resilient Man, is actually helping to change men's lives in a very, very positive way. Mandy's experience uh, with emotional challenges, uh, her guidance and her support, uh, to guys that are facing those things is, is admirable and so well needed. Um, she also teaches guys ways to, to reach peak performance. And, and we mean that like in the workplace and at home and, and in their day-to-day -day lives. And, and that's so important. A lot of guys, because of the knuckle-dragging mentality, and I know I've been there, they don't want to reach out for help. And Mandy gives, them a, gives us a safe place um, to work, to work, you know, and, and to find out these things. She's also a huge supporter of neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity. Um, we're going to get into that. It has to do with the brain and, um, and how that's used in the human healing uh, process, especially for people, men and women who have suffered um, brain injuries. And we'll get to that. So I didn't want to be long-winded. The show is about Mandy and the tips that she can give us men to uh, live better lives and to be better men and, and, to, and to help uh, our counterparts wherever they may be. So let's get started. You know, and one thing I do want to say, though, Mandy, is that um, we need to accept, all the listeners need to accept that there are exceptions to any generalizations we might make today. You know, we have this discussion going on and it's open and it's candid. Mandy and I have canned no questions. We've talked a little bit, but she's natural and it's a natural show. So that'll just save time and repetition. So we don't always have to say that, if that makes sense. So Mandy, thanks for being here. 
Um, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. You know, tell us a little bit. Let's just get right into it because I want to know how your ideas about men were formed, you know, and boys. Tell us about your childhood. What, what was that like? And what were you taught about boys coming along? Well, this is this is very interesting, actually, because um, I was brought up in a very um, uh, staunch Christian background, right? So I had a lot of compassion for people, but I was always taught to be very careful of boys because they had naughty thoughts about girls. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's some truth to that. <laughs> and so... Um, and, and because my parents were very strict, like, um, you know, when g- girls were sort of out kind of exploring dating and, and doing all the things maybe that kind of um, made them feel a bit sexy and stuff like that, I wasn't allowed to do any of that, right? So I sort of like was, people used to sort of laugh at me a fair bit because they thought I was a little bit weird or super straight in regards to um maybe being a little bit closed in from the outside world do you know what i mean like like innocent um, like like just innocence yes personified yeah that's it and um and so it took me so when i when i finally it was probably uh, i was about 16 and i got my first full-time job and i started getting asked out on dates right and I was like, sure. Like my parents were horrified, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, and they were non-Christian boys too. And uh, yeah, and so they were, uh, you know, quite scared for me because I had no idea about anything, like nothing. I'd been so like wrapped in cotton wool by this Christian upbringing, right? Sure. So yeah, so once I got out there, I was like, yeehaw, <laughs> oh, let's go. Uh, you know, finally got some freedom. And, but one thing I did, for, I think probably because of the Christian background, I had was very compassionate, right, too. But I also, um, as much as I was out exploring and having fun, I also had a lot of compassion for the guys that I would hang around with. So I, and I, I didn't have brothers, right? So it was just myself and my sister. And I always wanted a brother, like all my friends that had brothers, I just wanted to hang around with them. You know what I mean? I just, um, and probably cause I was a bit tomboyish as well. So uh, I wasn't really interested in a lot of the, the girly kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, like I had a lot of, as I went into sort of later into my teenage years, and pretty much since then, my whole life, the majority of my friends have been men. And I've always connected with them really well. Um, and when I was younger, as I said, in my teenage years, it was interesting. Yeah, probably late teens. And I remember copying a lot of flack from women, probably more than mm-hmm. men, um, that I was hanging around with a lot of guys, you know, but I was super comfortable with that. Like we would have these really amazing conversations, um, like the girls' conversations. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that this is all women talk about, but back then when you're in teenage, you know, later teenage years, it was all sort of clothes and hair and gossip and stuff. I wasn't interested in that. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to, I enjoyed the different types of conversations that I was having with them, but it was interesting because 
I would have more personal conversations with the guys compared to what they would have with each other. So, you know, with each other, it was like how many times so-and-so has been laid, blah, 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 you know, the fun kind of party stuff. Um, And then there'd be like sports conversations and all these other very kind of generalised conversations. And But then when there was less of the guys around, like might just be one or two of them, they used to tell me all their personal stuff, right, what was really going Mm -hmm. on for them. And so... I really, truly connected to them like they were my brothers. That's awesome. So, you know, you know what though? That really, but it's opening up. So your your training, your proving ground was that early, those early stages where you you started to learn compassion and resiliency. And you know, that's maturity. And and what's interesting is this is you mentioned it because those things that guys talk about, and I'm a guy, and the, and I, yeah. I as a guy when you're in the group setting, yeah, you talk about those things, but I never was comfortable with that. Yeah, You know, even yeah. as a guy, something didn't seem right that we would be discussing, um, you know, who we had been with and especially with somebody that we supposedly liked or loved that were spreading. It, it just, you know, it, it's definitely two different worlds. And what's amazing with you and you, you learned it is that guys do want to talk about those things, but it's the, but it's the social confinement the constructs these things that we built that don't allow men to exercise that emotional freedom i i I love that that you were able to learn that early on that's why you do what you do and so so what i'm thinking is is you learned that guys were emotional more emotional than they were letting on to be and and there's your compassion you probably felt sorry for us didn't you I did, but I, I resonated with it, I think, probably because a lot of the time they would tell me how alone they felt and a lot of stuff. And I actually felt quite alone as a misfit when it came to females. So I didn't really feel like I fitted in with females myself, yeah. but I felt like I, I fitted in with guys. And so, um, and it didn't, and I never, the stuff that they were saying, like for females, they would get really pissed off when the guys would have these these conversations, you know, like, you know, how big is mine, bigger, bigger than, than yours, blah, 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 blah type conversations. Yeah. And um, we see, I just thought that was funny because I knew where it was coming from. I didn't feel like it was like necessarily uh being nasty about women i have been in i have seen those conversations by the way where it's been very like abusive type horrible conversations about women Mm. but for the general part it was just more their own insecurities right just trying to compete with each other and all of that so i never really felt like they were being pigs or anything like that i just thought it was funny and then i had you know as i said i had these other conversations with them and so i guess because I kind of, I felt like I belonged with them. And so it was just very easy for me. And it always kind of has been since then. You know, you mentioned something just a second ago about insecurities. And, you know, I've had this conversation with other guys and, you know, we we talk about phobic, phobias, homophobic or whatever phobias we have. And and insecurity is is probably the root of that. And- you know, those things that, you know, we think that is funny and cutesy and you just said, and you just thought it was funny because you knew where it was coming from. And that's pretty astute for somebody at that early stage. 
you know, to understand that these uh, these bravado uh, type macho things are all about the insecurities. Uh, you know, I don't know, very intuitive. You know, we talked about intuition. So, so what is, so you learned that guys were basically in general, of course, the generalization were insecure. Is that what we're saying here? Yeah, that's, yeah. And I just had compassion for that. I didn't pity them in any way. I had my own insecurities. And so about um, a lot of things, you know what I mean? And so I just related on, on a lot of different levels with that. It wasn't like I, um, yeah, I just, but I, just I like, but, but, but I like that though. I like, <laughs> I like that approach right off the bat is that yeah. just by having that belief going on, you yeah. can look at, you can look at guys, emotional issues or outbursts, if you will, as being some type of reflection of an, in, of an insecurity. And yes, I, um, I just had this conversation with my wife maybe two hours ago, and we were talking about, I'm not going to name any names, but a good friend, <laughs> a good friend who, who is Mr. Bravado and has these phobias about certain things. And yeah. uh, we were just talking about that. It's funny you bring that out. We were talking about, it's just, a, it's, a, it's an insecurity. You know, they're yeah. just not, they're not secure in their own well-being or orientation that they have to deflect that's pretty yeah. you know so you know so is there any man that you would consider you know uh, somebody who fits a definition of of a, of a you know a virtuous man is there anybody that you know that you grew up that your dad or anybody yeah my like dad that? well there you go yeah, my, so tell yeah, us about yeah. that you know what how did you view that your dad and, and what was it well I rebelled against my dad a lot by the way, because he was so strict, right? right. And so, um, so the guys that I hung out with were very full on, like, you know, I mean, I had, they, well, there was like from the really quiet guys all the way through to the guys that were like absolutely living on the edge and, and like people were terrified of them, like literally terrified of them. And I adored them. Um, because I got on so well with them as friends and I saw what went on. I knew where all that was coming from. Right. So my poor parents were just like beside themselves with, with the, what is you know, Mandy up to now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were terrified for me. They probably still are. Um, but anyway, but yeah, no, it's, uh, but because I knew <laughs> from my dad, what, um, cause my dad's sort of very stoic, um, he has very strong, strong faith in God, um, has like, my dad has never had alcohol in the whole of his life. He's mm. never smoked, nothing like that. He's just very staunch in his beliefs. Um, and yeah, and that, and so I, and he doesn't like lying, you know, you come, you have compassion for people, you genuinely care for people, but people were also very they respected him a lot and young guys were very intimidated by dad as well. And not because he was awful to them or anything like that. That was just the presence that he had about him because he's very tall and, you know, well-built as well and athletic and, and that. And so, you know, like if I had boys come over to visit, 
they would drop their knives and forks at dinner and you know <laughs> So you you kind of had the equalizer, right? <laughs> okay, I'll teach this guy coming over here. Think he's going to do this and do that, and I'll just have him meet dad, and and we'll yeah. see what happens. So you know yeah. what a way, what a great way to test a young man's character. Um, yeah. So you know, so what so what what does masculinity mean to you? What what did it mean to you then growing up? I mean, was it what did it mean? Well, for me. I, um, I wasn't quite, I mean, I saw what it was for my dad, but I didn't see many guys that had those qualities. You know, they had bits and pieces of those qualities, but everyone, you know, the guys, I guess because I used to have these deep conversations with them, even the guys that might have seemed like they had some of those qualities, I found that once I started talking to them, there was a, so much stuff that they were putting out there that actually really just wasn't them. They were so frightened behind the scenes with everything mm. and, yeah, and really so busy trying to prove to each other and, like, to other blokes and to girls, trying to prove themselves to their families, uh, to their work, to all these things. And you hear me say a little bit like, um, you know, I talk about the white knight who can never fall off the horse. I noticed that, you know, I've, that's been something, a common thread that I have seen for decades, right? Yeah. Right. Well, your, that, dad, your dad had the high bar, so you, you saw that right off the bat, which probably, yeah. for all intents and purposes, was probably a good thing. <laughs> yes. Just saying. Yeah. Yes, that's it. So, so and what, what a great example, though, and you're very fortunate, you know, and your dad just sounds like a wonderful person, actually. And what an example, uh, you know, he's obviously a responsible guy. I haven't met him, but from what you described, and there's something that we've talked about, about men being the man of the house, yes. right? And some people say that it's sexist, but he, he filled the role and was a perfect yeah. role model for you in more yeah. ways than one yes yeah so, and it's funny because as he's got older because he had very very strict christian views he still does but he's um i guess maybe not lenient with his own beliefs but i guess maybe a little bit more open to how other people live their lives and he's you know that's kind of like evolved a little bit for him because he was like very black and white straight down the line you know well it's kind of like wine you know wine takes a while to mature and and yeah you know that's a maturity and and again your dad's proving in a different yeah. in, a, in his own way that, yeah. that that a man can mature with time as yes. he learns about other people and so your dad's a perfect example to me of how yes. compassion within ourselves as men can yes. actually transform us into being better as we move along. Um, that's right. That's kind of interesting, you know. So, uh, so there's people that don't fit the description of, of your dad, right? And you mentioned yeah. it. There's a couple guys yeah. once you found out. You know what are name somebody? Don't have to say exactly, but maybe give yeah. us a circumstance of where somebody didn't fit that description and what it was they did or said or acted 
that pulled you away from that? And it's commonsensical in a ways, but. Yeah, I, th I think um, manipulation, I think that's a, which comes from fear, right? So, you know, when people are trying to manipulate you um, I, and betrayal, I think uh, th those are probably two things that I feel very strongly about that I do not like, um, but I'm also very compassionate about where they come from at the same time. Um, and I think also it's really important for um for guys, because I see this happen in relationships a lot, that they're not opening up to their partners, right? And so, and there's all of a sudden this resentment that gets built up because nothing is getting said and they're not being open and honest. And that's when a lot of uh, manipulation and betrayal starts to come in. It doesn't really seem like that at first, but it doesn't take long if you... Uh, coming from a place of insecurity for that type of stuff to all of a sudden start you know leaking into areas of of your life and then all of a sudden you're up shit creek no i like the fact that you use the word manipulation because manipulation is it's power you know yeah. it's having it's having power and control over somebody uh it's domination and so and characteristics that a lot of men we mentioned it at the outset that a lot of men are exhibiting these days you know we just yeah. look around the planet right now and you can see that men they're in trouble and 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 you know, yeah. i would think that as somebody in your line of business helping men with overcoming emotional challenges and hurdles you're probably going to be busy for the rest of your life <laughs> you know which is which is a good yeah. thing so yeah yeah so so your experience is so mandy grows up in a strict household she yeah. has a great role model the man who is fulfilling his role Yes. Uh, you know, the stereotypical fills the role. Yes. Mandy learns compassion, resiliency. She's seen the manipulation, the control. Uh, those things are starting to, uh, to solidify in her head where she needs to go in her life, right? So yes. did you know early on that you wanted to help men? Did you know that that was going to be your path in life? Um, I always knew that I wanted to help people. Um, for a while there, and it, it was because I copped so much flack from women about being surrounded by so many men, I actually, I would, I would help my clients. Because like, I, I moved into PT, you know, like in my 20s, doing personal fitness training. And so I'd have male clients and female clients. And, um, and I sort of would spend a lot of time with guys even when I shared houses, it was with blokes, you know, I just, I loved, I just loved it. And, um, and so um, I, outside of work, I sort of spent a lot of time with men and, and it was because I copped so much flack from women just mm. saying, you know, I was a, a slatten, you know, and all kinds of stuff. And, and that I was gutted by that because I was so genuine in my, friendships and my connections with men and just loved helping them you know what I mean so um and so one, it wasn't until I guess I really just thought screw you all 
I'm just going to do what I want to do. Sure. Uh, that That's when, it, you know, like things started changing. And then I just started like really just, yeah, like really enjoying spending a lot more time with men and, and doing it work-wise. But I've always, I've always, no matter what I've done in my career, um, whether it was PT or, you know, mindset coaching and then moved into resilience coaching, I've always had really strong connections with my male clients, like really, really strong, and have always helped them. And so it was just to to move into sort of, I mean, I still will help coach women now if they, if they, if on a case-to-case basis, but I, you know, I specialise in men. And so I really like it's just, it, it feels like I'm at home when I'm coaching men. You know what I mean? It just feels good. And so that's why I, I really, that's why I choose that. Well, you know, let me ask you this. What, what is that, Mandy, what's the greatest challenge in your experience working with men? What's the greatest challenge working with them? For them to feel safe opening up. And so it's a trust issue. And, and do you think men mistrust people or don't trust women? I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I do. I think that men are programmed a lot to mistrust women. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. So what do you think holds men back from being effective leaders then? Just not being open? I mean, I don't know. This is an interesting conversation. Yeah, it is. I think trusting themselves, right? Because if you have no self-trust, you can't expect to trust anyone else so having trust within yourself and having trust within yourself means that you need to be able to trust your emotions and you know and be able to work through them and understand what and you know i'm not sort of talking about like you know 700 layers of childhood trauma and and i mean i have no issues with with doing all of that work but you know i think sometimes it can be very scary for men to think um, when it comes to being vulnerable and understanding their emotions, that they might think that they've got to do all this terrifying work where you can, where you can actually start from a really simple point. You don't have to like open up a whole can of worms like straight off the bat and scare the crap out of yourself and then feel like you're going to spiral out of control. And then, and then, they, and then they don't come back. Oh my gosh, I told her too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's... Uh, what's well, what? Well, I've never had that. I've never had anyone say anyone like weird that they've, you know, feel weird and say that they've told me too much. They, so what, yeah. yeah. So what's, what's the easiest type of guy to deal with then? You know? um, guys that are, that are, that are ready to just like go, you know what, I've had, I've had enough of, of bullshitting to myself and where I want to be in life and how I want to be in life and how I choose to be in life. And I'm sick of like trying to be someone that I feel like I, that uh, this, I have this perception, you know, of, of what I feel like I have to be. And I'm tired of that. Like I'm exhausted from that. And I, I just want to be able to lead powerfully in my own life as well as being able to lead by example 
for others. And that really does come from, all of that comes from within, right? Like you can have the most kick-ass, aggressive, gung-ho guy who just like, you know, looks like he's the ultimate um, in performing at his best. And behind the scenes, he's ready to implode. You know I what I mean? So to totally relate to that because, yeah. you know, when I hit my rock bottom, which you just mentioned, you know, when guys finally had enough, you know, enough is enough. And mine was a brain injury. And yeah. then, and then, and then the escape of those hard to deal with issues. Um, you know, I can, I can relate to that. You, you get to that point. And a lot of it has to do with, with, fitting into a stereotype and maybe you're not really following your purpose in life. Yeah. You know, you've been doing things your whole life that you think you need to be doing. And, and, you know, I had a guy tell me the other day, he goes, you know, John, he goes, nothing pains me more than to see a person, especially a guy doing things in social media that he thinks he needs to do. Yeah. And you, and you know, that his heart, is really not in it. See, you probably can spot that right away. And 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 whether or not we believe it or not, guys, what's that old saying, Mandy? We can fool some people some of the time, but we can't fool all the people all the time. Something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the authenticity. And I'm glad that you brought that up about finally getting to that point in life. The authenticity, whether we believe it or not, is, is palpable. We can yes. spot people a mile away, knowing if their heart's really in something. Um, yes. You know, so that being said, and we'll flip it into the, the the women. What qualities do you think women have that make them better leaders? Because you're a leader. Yeah. Thank you. What qualities? <laughs> no, no, no. It's true. It's true. But but what qualities do you think women possess that make them? better leaders and that guys can learn from their example sure well before i say answer that i just want to say one thing i don't think guys have to wait till they hit rock bottom yeah before they have that awareness about where they want to be i think it just there is different levels of awareness that can come at different times and that's so a no, that, and that's a yeah, good yeah. point you don't have to yeah. go to, you don't have to go to the dark yeah. abyss and yeah. I think what tweaked me the most, I think that if I hadn't had the accident, you know, with the brain injury, I think I probably still would have been going. But yeah. so yeah. that my rock bottom moment came several years after the, the head injury. But yeah. but you're right, man. You, you, you're totally right. You don't have to go yeah. to the, you don't have to yeah. go to the edge. So that's it. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. So uh, tell me what makes women better leaders. Um. I can't speak for all women or even say that women are necessarily better leaders. I think we all have our own unique qualities. I think intuition, you know, women have really great intuition. Guys have intuition too, but women have very strong intuition. I think compassion and nurturing are things that um, guys can be a little bit like, uh, well, that doesn't seem very rah, 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 you know, nurturing, but I can tell you, like, I have plenty of fire within myself um, and can have, like, when I'm, so I'm super passionate. And even for some women, I'm, they find me very, like, full on and aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, but I have a very strong nurturing side 
about me. So I, I can tap into my masculine energy of being able to push myself a little bit, but I also use a lot. I also get a lot of energy from the feminine side, I suppose, as well. So um, nurturing, compassion, intuition, understanding. Um, and that really fires me up because, you know, I feel really blessed that I have those those qualities but I think you also and resilience obviously which I've learned from a lot of life lived experience you know life lessons uh, as well as studying it as well sure. um, and I think um, because when I talk to women about this I, I think you really have to be because as women we are, and I'll be honest about this, we are programmed to take a back seat. I mean, from when, not so much, a, a lot of girls, you know, um, that are sort of being brought up now have a different awareness, right? But women, you know, from when I was growing up, it was like very much um, get married, have kids, like get married young, you know, so you don't run out of time. Right. And have, have your babies real quick, you know what I mean? And all this type of stuff. Um and so, you know, I remember, you know, I grew up in a country town. So all my friends were like engaged by the time they were 18. I was like, hell no, you know, <laughs> like, there's no way I'm doing that. Like I had a whole world to explore, you know, like, and, um, and so, you know, by the time they were in their early twenties, they had all had their, you know, they were having kids. They were like on one or two children and, um, and that they were saying, Mandy, you know, you, you've got to like, you know, start making things happen for yourself. Otherwise, you're going to, you know, you're going to be like in your late 20s, you're going to be old. <laughs> you're going to be old and no one will want you. <laughs> it's just like thinking, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm awesome. <laughs> so, um, so I didn't really, I didn't listen to a lot of that type of stuff, but I, I noticed that that it was really more about just get a simple job, you know, have, you know, and don't, don't go too far in your career because you're going to have to quit it anyway, because you're going to have to have kids. Right. And I, and I really didn't like that belief system because I knew I wanted to do big things in the world, no matter what I was doing, I knew I wanted to have a really big impact and throw myself into everything that I did, give it my best and, because I was all about transformation and helping people. And, you know, I just wanted them to oh, feel so friggin' empowered and get great results and, and stuff like that. I just, that, you know, and I just loved it. And, um, and so I struggled a lot with finding women that I could relate to. And I think that was probably another reason with the guys, they were, you know, like I sort of found that I could like chat to them about a lot of big goals and entrepreneurial things and, you know, and this type of stuff as well. No, that's, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. There's a, yeah. it's a maturity level. It's, yeah. it's some type of maturity thing going on here that, you know, maybe in the upbringing or just in life experiences, but you, you seem to grasp concepts at an earlier time. Yeah. Than most than most people do. Yeah. And but sorry, so, go ahead. I just you get you made me think about. No, that. that's all right. I probably segued a little bit, but anyway, uh, with when it came to, but what I have found as I got older, and then like um, 
got involved with some women's entrepreneurial groups, it was very interesting to see how powerful these women were. And some of them were scary. Like I was very intimidated by them. I was like thinking, whoa, these chicks are like, like I just, I just sat there. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. These women are like. So there are, there are intimidating women too, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, but it was good to be around. And I like those kind of women. I mean, but I'm also very careful because I think that no matter whether you're male or female, you can also get to a point where you become so aggressive and, and but it comes from a place of defensiveness as well. You know what I mean? You can become so aggressive and not be open to other other people's views or whatever that you end up becoming very just like hardcore bossy. <laughs> and, no, and you just that you that yeah. you, that you just you know, you just described the flip side on the other side of insecurity yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think what I'm starting to get here and I want to get into the, the brain injury and how that affected you and what neuroplasticity is. But yeah. I, I think, I think what we're getting to, you know, this, this battle of the sexes, but I think we're really, and you've mentioned it is, yeah. is awareness. Yeah. Is, is awareness and being able to, and you said this too, yeah. Being able to trust ourselves. Yes. And I and yeah. I think and I think society has a way. Gosh, yeah. look around today, man. You know, we've yeah. talked about it. Society has a way with peer pressure and standards to to make us or force us or require us to constantly question the things that we do or maybe yeah. the behaviors that we have. Yeah, I know that's that's what I'm getting out of this conversation with you, and I'm and yeah. I'm drawing this out because you've given me a lot of good stuff here. Is that that's good? <laughs> no, no, it's maybe this is like a session right here, but but then maybe maybe it's good. And what I'm getting out of this, it's three tips that I'm getting from yeah. Mandy right now. Trust yourself. Yeah. Give yourself some credit. Yeah. Uh, um. Use your intuition. You know. And basically do what you think you need to do to have a fulfilled life. That's, that's what I've gotten out of this conversation. Yeah. If there were yeah. three tips that I could get, but, and yeah. I know it's deeper than that. You know, I'm being general yeah. here, but. Well, I think self-awareness has a lot to do with it. And whether you're male or female, you know, being self-aware and, and being able to really trust yourself because, you know, I mean, for someone like my, myself, like I'm a strong woman, but I, I still, you know, I love being with a man who can really stand his ground, right? You know, and who will open doors for me and who will do lovely things for me like that. And, you know, I will, you know, um, I will absolutely have, you know, like my partner's back. I will have his back down to the ground. Like I will be beside him and behind him as well as, you know, and then as well as if, there's, you know, I have to lead, I will lead too at, if there's parts where, because I think that's a kind of a bit of a, a joint decision about where you, where your roles are in the relationship too, right? But I think I really love, you know, I enjoy in a relationship with a guy being able to help empower him to be the best version of himself that he can be, not push, because I'm not him. 
No, you know, I'm not going to force him to to be something that he's not. I want him to be able to explore the amazing qualities that he has about himself and really own them for himself, and just get behind him the whole way, and and let him know that he doesn't have to be afraid of when he's struggling. I've I've got his back, you know. It's and it's not that I will like take over. It's more like it's cool. It's safe. It's safe for you to to chat to me about things. It's safe for like whatever it is that's going on i've got your back it's cool we can work it out together it's it's okay i don't expect him to never feel like he can't be vulnerable or anything like that because mm -hmm. um because we need to be able to support each other right males and females need to be able to support each other and not have this thing of like you know like you it would be to one extreme where women will say I don't need any man, rah, 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 you know, and all this type of stuff. And then guys would go, well, you know, I don't need a chick because, rah, rah, you know, it's and it's it goes to the, these far extremes where we are able to really beautifully be able to support each other if we just like drop our guard down and stop all the judgment shit and the preconceived ideas of, of whatever everyone should be and be able to just own ourselves more. Because when you can own yourself more, it just brings so much more uh, well one it takes the pressure off the other person in the relationship or friendship or whatever right because you're just taking responsibility for who you are and if they're able to do that too then you can be way more honest with each other right because you have you're not like trying to you know i don't want to say that because i don't want to seem needy i don't want to say that because i don't want her to think i'm feeling weak blah 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 blah, blah you know no, and you said something, too, that is very important. Um, you mentioned etiquette, like opening doors and doing nice yeah. cutesy things that a man, you know, I guess we used to call that chivalry. But it's really, yeah. it's, it's manners and it's respect. Yeah. And, it, and it's etiquette. And, and, and the word there that I got from what you said was appreciation. Yes. You know, appreciating the, the, the details of a relationship between a man and a woman and and, and, and how that goes to great length to help support the man. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because every single human being, I don't care if you're a guy or girl, guy or gal, I got to be careful, right? A, a boy or a boy. <laughs> Not with me. No, Not with no, me. But, but I don't, but I don't, <laughs> but you know what? We all want to be accepted. Yeah. And we all want to have some type of approval. Yeah. And, and when we can, uh, when we can exhibit that to those that, who we care about and love, it, it has a tendency to, to, to create much a stronger bond. So yes. I, I think that when we're secure in our relationships, not only with ourselves, if we're secure with who we are, it's going to make any relationship with anybody of any sex, a lot more, uh, um, authentic but a lot more honest. And then when it's honest, you can trust people, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, there, there's a lot to it. You know, we're probably covering, we're probably going over it a little bit fast, but tell me a little bit about shift gears here for a second. Tell me a yeah. little bit about your, 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 your head injury and, and how that may have changed your life for the better. And yeah. then a little bit about, I know that Joe Dispenza, he's like the king of neuroplasticity. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and how that's used as a healing 
modality? Well, for me, it's it was um, it was sort of like brain and nervous system trauma, and it was um, I won't use the the person's name, but I had been helping someone who was very close to me, you know, go through a very very difficult time um, in their life, and they had become suicidal and I was going back and forth helping them and um, and then they went through they'd been put in they had admitted themselves into a mental hospital the mental hospital unfortunately um, messed with their meds and they came out of it worse and they needed someone to look after them right so I I said I would do it because I was very very close to them and I said yeah no worries I'll, I'll I'll do that and um and then I would be on my way and so what happened was they went berserk they you know lost the plot basically from what they had gone through in the mental hospital um and that had accelerated their mental health just it was awful and so um this bloke wouldn't let me off the property but also he didn't want me there but he didn't want me to leave Mm. and he went from extreme rage to paranoia to crying to uh, just maybe very small 30 seconds amount of a few a small handful of times of like just being normal but the rest of the time it was Wow. Out of control. And it was t- absolutely terrifying. Like I, I was there for a month or nearly a month. Um, and I didn't sleep like hardly at all the whole time. I was terrified to go to sleep. And all I could think of was I need to get out of here. I've just got to find a way to get out. And eventually I was able to get out. And uh, and I drove um and it was just because I was able to finally get him calm. And so then I jumped in the car, drove down to where I'm located now, a uh, 10 hour drive. And I was only, I was, and I had planned to be doing a, a men's talk on men and resilience and stuff like that while I was down here. Didn't end up getting to do that. I was here two days and I collapsed. Yeah. And, um, you know, it started off with vertigo, really bad vertigo. And then the room was just spinning around and around and around. Like I was just, I couldn't walk. I just had, it was like my whole nervous system. It just shut down. I couldn't hold my head up or anything. Like I was just like, and, um, and then I couldn't see properly or anyway, got into hospital, um, was in hospital for a bit, checked myself out because they didn't know what they were doing in there and it was actually making it worse and uh, I was going downhill very quickly and I remember asking a friend of mine I said coming I'm escaping from here (laughs) (laughs) and so and uh so I got them to come get me and uh, I spoke to a nurse in the hospital who and I said I have to get out of here I said they're going to kill me in here like I knew it I knew they were going to and, um, and I could see what was going on around me. And I was like, this is not a good place. I'm not going to, something bad's going to happen here. I would need to get out of here. And, um, and so she said, I've helped heaps of, heaps of patients escape from here, Mandy. 
she said, I'll, I'll help you today. <laughs> so she stole, stole a, um, well, not stole, she went and borrowed um, someone's wheelchair from um, another this, ward. This sounds like a movie. <laughs> and she uh, got me in the room. The doc, they wouldn't let me leave. They wouldn't let wow. me leave. So I had to sign all this paperwork, release of liability, blah, 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 blah. And they were furious with me, right? But they had mistreated me severely. Like they forgot about me. I didn't have a, wasn't bath for five days. I, like, I wasn't fed for a day and a half. They just forgot about me that I even existed in the hospital and just like, it was a mess. And um, so I just couldn't wait to get out. So she helped me get a wheelchair and um, and just whizzed me straight out. My friend rocked up with my Land Cruiser and just threw me, threw me in the back and off. Wow. We're off. <laughs> and uh, so that, that... The great yeah. escape. I mean, <laughs> thank God, really. I know. I, could, I was so relieved. But I was so sick too, right, because... Yeah. I, ha- I couldn't look after myself. So I was just laying in bed in the dark. My mind was just manic racing because I'd just been through this traumatic situation, right? Mm. And I just, I just, I didn't understand what was going on with my body. I'd always been super fit. You know, I was, yeah, just like super peak fitness, incredibly strong, I felt nearly invincible, you know, and then for that to happen and to just like not be able to walk, talk, I couldn't even bring a, a fork up to my mouth. Wow. Um, I try and drink, I'd be shaking so much and everything just fall down and you know what I mean? And yeah, and I couldn't stand up. I couldn't even crawl. I couldn't, I just couldn't do anything. And so I was like that for quite a few weeks. And then I started, um, slowly the like the things were starting to improve in bits and pieces and but I couldn't talk on my phone um I couldn't have conversations with people nothing like everything was just too much too much like it was like it was like everything felt like a vibration like even the phone like I couldn't hold it because the vibration of the phone would just go through my body and I, it would just make me shake more. Ultra and, sensitive. You were just, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I just, I had no idea um, like how I was going to get better from this because I remember thinking when I escaped from the hospital a few weeks, I'll be right. <laughs> but it didn't happen you know, that way. Did no. It? And it, for, it took, and I would start getting better. Eventually, you know, I'd start getting better, then relapse. And I went to specialists and specialists would try and put me on medication and I tried a little bit of that didn't work had really serious adverse reactions Mm. to the medication and it just kept getting worse and this went on for like a year so pretty much the whole of 2020 um and I was just you know like all of a sudden I'd start going good again and it even get to the point where I I was like I could drive you know a few streets go to the shops or something do something and then, and then all of a sudden, blam, I would relapse again and not back to the way that I was in hospital, but I'd be laying in bed again and it'd take me, you know, a week to recover and then I'd have to start from scratch again. And I was like, oh. and then it was just by chance uh, through a kinesiologist that I had hired to um, that she found this lady who specialised in neuroplasticity 
And that's when it was a game changer. I, like I did my assessment and that was like, um, like you have like zero symptoms. It's like a, it's zero to a hundred. So a hundred is like hundred percent symptoms, like worst case scenario, quality of life. And zero is no symptoms. It's all, you, you know, you're perfect. I was 90, game, yeah. I was 98. So I was like, when I realized it, I was like, shit, <laughs> I've got a lot of work ahead of me. Gosh, it just, yeah. Yeah. And so I just thought, okay, okay, you know, but what, because I knew the power of the mind and the body, I knew that I could do this. I knew straight away with neuroplasticity, I could work with it because I, I just, I just knew it. And so I was so excited about that. And I knocked the score down um, to 86 within six weeks. Um, and then, then it was sort of down to 60, you know, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm still haven't like recovered fully, but, um, but, and here was the secret, right? To how I knew it would work. During 2020, even though I wasn't well, I did pro bono work helping men. And when I was coaching these guys, I felt like I had no symptoms. Awesome. And yeah. So I thought, and during that time, I was thinking, there's got to be a connection here. Like how come, even though I, I couldn't physically do a whole heap of stuff, but I actually felt like, I had no symptoms. Like I felt like I was back to invincible Mandy. You know what I mean? When I was coaching these, these guys and I was like, there's something that, you know, I just felt like, so it was like when I was in purpose, when I was, you know, I had all these feelings around feeling fulfilled and just magical nearly, you know what I mean? I just felt like really a, at peace. And it's kind of amazing. You know, it's another point here that you know I'm, I'm learning a lot here how these stepping stones that's brilliant it's brilliant these these stepping stones these experiences all start to fit yeah like, like bricks in the wall yeah. and and you know it's it's like hands-on first person experience that your neuroplasticity is is starting to the, the purpose finding purpose again is rebuilding those synapses in your brain and in your body that weren't working. Yeah. That that's pretty I don't know if it's a landmark or what, but that's pretty pretty important to think yeah. that we're when we're in that flow state, the purpose, right? Answering our calling in life, that everything in our bodies emotionally and physically and spiritually maybe are starting to 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 really fire. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, hell what yeah. I'm, what I'm getting out of that. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what it's like. And and that's why I knew when I, you know, when it came to neuroplasticity and 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 this was going to be an option for me to recover, hmm. I knew straight away that it would work because I'd had that feeling and I thought, now I know how to do that, to recreate that and build upon that. 
And so that's, you know, so then the the whole training behind that, it was a lot of audios and stuff like that, all based neuroplasticity audios, all based around balancing the body. Because my hearing now, like my inner ear balance is all damaged. So I had to find a way to bypass that to teach myself how to balance and walk again. And so, um, and I use that uh, skin cells. So you actually neuroplasticity, you That's learn, yeah, to, to use your skin cells to, to balance again. And so it was things like that, uh, being able to calm the nervous system right down, all kinds of these amazing tools, and but also just self-compassion, being super, super kind to yourself yeah. has a lot to do with that as well. Because um, if you're not prepared to be, nice to yourself because I was always super like oh I was so compassionate with everyone else right so understanding but not with yourself right I was so much harder on myself um and you know like you know people would be going through tough times and I, I would nurturing wise would have their back and I would teach them powerfully how to have such incredible self compassion right but I was beating myself up during the whole of 2020, pretty much mm. like just like I can't, frustrated. I mean, I can yeah. So frustrated. And so this taught me how to be super kind to myself. And yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I have to admit, um, but it was incredibly effective and it's, um, but yeah, neuroplasticity has been such a game changer for me for this recovery, right? And so, you know, I have, um, during this whole, uh, what, between um, December, what, about halfway through December 2020 to now, I've only relapsed once. Well, that's that's great news. I mean, you know, yeah. we're glad that you're in the fight. Um, yeah. And, and thank you for sharing that. You know, that takes uh, some courage to, to talk about those things. So let's just say I'm this guy and I'm not feeling fulfilled. Things just yeah. don't seem to be going right. I don't really want to go into another day of work. My yeah. wife, my significant other is, is pissed at me all the time and, and, I, and I need help. You know, so yeah. I, I I go to online and I'm looking, I'm living in Western Australia, right? And yeah. I find Mandy Gibbons and it's like, what's this resilient man? And I give yeah. her a call or I email you. What can I expect as a client? Yeah. And what am I going to get out of that? You don't have to give away all the secrets. But, <laughs> That's but, okay. But, I'm cool. But yeah. what, what would I what am I going to get out of working with Mandy Gibbons? If I need help, I'm a guy. Yeah. I, can't, I can't handle my life is, is not how I want it. Yeah. So. Well, first off, I want to know, you know, straight away, I want to know where they're at now. I will need them to be extremely honest about that. And then we work out where they want to be because I think the biggest thing that you can do for yourself is to start redesigning your life. And I don't mean like, you know, over the top crazy, but I mean, talking about from within here, right? Mm -hmm. How do you really, really want to start living your life? Like, how do you want, how do you 
want to serve in regards to the rest, rest, the rest of your life, if you're into leadership, what even if you're not so much into leadership, how do you want the rest of your life to look and how do you want to be in that? How do you want to be operating from that? And who do you choose to be? Because, you know, you can you can change a few things. You can get, you know, like have conversations or whatever, you know, feel peaceful for half an hour or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy within here and you're not living the life that you really would like to and you're living up to other people's expectations, it's not going to get better. Let's face it. You're just going to keep hitting walls all the time. So straight off the bat, it's like I get them to be really, really honest and, you know, we'll divide up their life into sections. Um, sometimes, you know, for sometimes it can be like, you know, one section, it might just all be relationships and there could be like, you know, uh, half a dozen sections in there. For other, it might be a whole heap. It could be like wealth, health, you know, how they feel about themselves or, or whatever, like, it really just depends. But what I do is we make an emotional connection to it. And one thing that I have found um, with men is that when I'm, when I'm talking to guys, like they'll find it difficult to make an emotional connection with something. And, like, and this is actually a really powerful part of neuroplasticity, right, is making that emotional connection to something. Um, and resilience as well but if you're just like if if you like if there's something really important that you, a certain way that you want to be in life like just say you want to be um uh, stronger or set more boundaries or you know um around something in particular you might have your goals around that in particular well how how is that going to make you feel mm. when when you're operating like that you know, and, you know, they might just say, awesome. Yeah, but let's let's go a bit deeper. How is that going to make you feel within yourself? Like, you're going to feel stronger within yourself. You know, how are you going to feel about yourself as a man? You know, we dig a little bit deeper into that. And it's not so, it's not super hardcore. I'm, I'm pretty gentle about it. And I give it plenty of examples. So that then, you know, and I even have like a, a bit of a, a super, super simple graph. It's not like a great big emotional wheel. It's like, you know, positive emotions, not so positive emotions, you know, pick one. But, you know, I keep it as simple as I can. And then they go, yep, that one. Yep, that, that's good. You know what I mean? Like that, they can relate to that. And then we start building around that. Okay, so now you know how you want to feel. And where you want to, so we build, I guess it's like an inner resilience, right? We start, that's going to be your core, your values, all of that. Okay, so if you're going to start operating in your life around that, how, how are the, you know, the things that you want to achieve in your life, like your goals and what you want, how is that going to change that? How is it going to bring you closer to that? It gives them a much, it gives them a base to operate from in life and it helps them get from A to B faster. Because when you know where you're operating from in life, from your core, you've got like a inner resilience or your values or however you like to say it. I, I combine emotions into that because you can have values and values are diddly squat if you can't feel them in here, right? So if they can feel that 
have that connection emotionally to that, then no matter what decision they want to make in life, they can go back to that and go, is it incongruent with this? Right. Does it match with this? And if it doesn't, it's a yes or a no. Because, you know, we that's the thing, right? That's why we all get confused because we're so busy worrying about what other people think about us, that, that we have to do this, that we have to be like this and we have to be like this. Well, you've already made up your mind, right? This is where you're operating from in life. So, and, and, it, and it's coming from within you and it's coming from your most powerful part of yourself and your strongest belief in yourself. And, and so you don't have to prove yourself anymore to anyone else because you believe in yourself. And no, then when... Yeah, no, no, totally exactly. awesome. Yeah. You know, mm. that's, you know, the simplicity part of it is very important. And you're right. People make yeah. things a lot more complex. Yeah. Um, you know, so basically what, what we're doing with the resilient man and so if we go to visit the queen of, of male resiliency in Western Australia, Mandy, Gibbons, <laughs> right? we are going to lay this foundation yeah. with, with brutal honesty, you know, the yeah. foundation, the vision, yeah. and then you're going to help. I'm, I'm, I'm putting this together. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to help men who may be reluctant at times. I can admit that to make these emotional connections with this foundation and this vision we have. And then through simplicity, we're, we're going to reach the promised land. Well, <laughs> so to speak. And, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And then you, you said something early on, way back at the beginning, that, it, that you, you have to have the desire and it is going to be a challenge. And don't, yeah. don't fool yourself into thinking that changing a whole lifestyle or a mindset is going to yeah. magically happen. You know, yeah. and you, well, you, you laid that out with the, uh, the neuroplasticity. Well, that's, that's create. The thing is, is that we, everyone wants fast results, right? And the, the cool thing is about when you know where you operate from, right? And you've got that, you've built that inner resilience, like, well, you know, where you're coming from, you can start using that to take steps in various areas of your life right? You can make those powerful decisions that you need to make. Now, I'm with them also when they're making those decisions, right? So I help them, like I've got their back. If they're like struggling with making those decisions, I, I have their back because I want them to hold themselves accountable and responsible because I'm not into codependence, right? I want them to be Incredible! I want them to operate as the best man they can friggin' be because I believe in them, absolutely believe in them. And I want them to see that within themselves, right? And, and because when you can do that, then they can, you know, lead powerfully in life, in business, um, you know, with their partners and stuff like that. And it makes it so much easier because they're so much more comfortable in themselves, right? And what's really interesting is that there's this kind of perception when guys do this type of work that it might make them like appear weaker or more feminine. But no man, they've got like balls of steel. 
like after doing this work they are strong like solid stand-up friggin guys like that other guys respect and even get jealous of because no no go, i'm glad you pointed you know? that out because that yeah. is that is a fear and yeah. and, and guys certainly don't want to look uh sissified or or yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Not masculine. And, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out. So, you know, there you have it. I know we're getting close to the end here, but is there really an end? I, I think that the way the way the world is now, mm-hmm. it's so apparent right now that these old stereotypes and leadership models and the way males act, it, it's broken, you know, yeah. and, and the reasons I think you pointed them out, Mandy. Is because men don't trust themselves and they're really not on, they're really not, maybe not following their real purpose in life. Um, yes. You know, very, you know, tell, tell, give me, give me three things, a guy, we talk about results, but what are, what are three things or two things or one thing or whatever that a guy can do right now to see a significant change? Okay. And then yeah. give me a Mandy quote about male a male resiliency but but what are three things guys can do okay. for me, immediate results yeah and then yeah. i want to hear your 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 greatest quote your quote okay okay um well i tell you what the <laughs> quote i'll do the quote first um okay. i've got it on my phone and i should know it off by heart but i've got like 20 awesome things and I'm going to have to pick just one or two of them that I'm going to have to tell you because um that's just because I love talking about me I yeah and that's good and that's you know that's your profession and that enthusiasm and that awe is is what makes people successful and I I have a really good feeling that you're going to be busy for a long time (laughs) with the way things are right now you know in, in the well, see, yeah. I, I feel really lucky that I deeply love what I do and I deeply believe in men. Like I deeply, deeply believe, um, you know, because I see men get such a bad rap and I just, I, I struggle with that and I want to jump in and defend them. And I have to be careful mm-hmm. with that too, right? Because, um, you know, it can rub people up the wrong way, right? Because I just want to jump in and go, back the hell off. These guys are good you know what i mean because i i just naturally see i do know what you mean amazing i see um incredible quote so um this is this is my quote so i'll say this now so um the brutal truth motivation and willpower have limits but your inner formidable resilience doesn't that's beautiful no that's that's great and that's yeah it's kind of a it's a reverse, it's reverse psychology, but it's real. Well, yeah. you get to create your inner resilience, right? Your formidable resilience within you. You you choose that. You can create it, change it, adapt to it anytime you want to. But because you know where you're operating from, and as you grow, right, it's going to change. As you yeah. as you grow in life and have different life experiences and feel um uh, because we all evolve right in in regards to how we go you know with our personal growth you then get to change it so you never have to be stuck and this is the beauty of it like men you don't ever have to be stuck you don't ever have to feel like you are trapped 
um, you know, in a, in a life or a perception that you um, are feeling like maybe that you're in right now, you just don't have to feel like that because you, you can create something different. And, and I love that. I get excited about that. I love seeing men thrive. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and that's great. because so, so there you go. Resiliency is not a trap. Yeah. It, it's a way yeah. out. Yes. Think that, that yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe we should go into business together. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? But, no, but uh, so three things yeah. a guy can do right now to change something. Yeah. Like. I think be kind to yourself. And I might, I know that might sound a bit soft, um, but being kind to yourself because, you know, we all do it, right? We all beat ourselves up. And I know men especially beat themselves up all the time. Um, and so just being kind to yourself. And um, I, I actually, you know, I have neuroplasticity. I actually have a self-compassion neuroplasticity tool. If anyone wants it, I'll, I'll just tell them to contact you and I'll email it to them. I'm more than happy for them to, to have it. I okay. created it especially for guys and uh, they can listen to it. it only goes for six or seven minutes and it actually takes you through a process. If you're like, no matter what emotion you're feeling, just mm -hmm. say you've had a really heated discussion or doesn't matter. It, it could be grief. It could be anger, whatever it is that you're feeling and you just need to quieten your body down and be kind to yourself. It's, it's great for that. Because what it does, it shows you how to understand your emotions without having to like do a thesis on the damn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you just, you just, you get to feel it in that moment. And go, okay, this is how I'm feeling, and it's cool. It's okay for me to feel like that. And you just get to, you just get to like calm your body down in that moment and go, okay, cool. I can just get on with having a purposeful day now, and that's it. It's like so it's like an I like to keep things. Like like an interrupt it's like an interrupt yeah because i like to i'm very i'm very practical i like to give practical tools and i think that's probably why guys enjoy working with me too because um because i am very practical because i don't want them to feel like they've got to like dig layers and layers and layers to try and fix themselves, you know, and all this type of stuff and, and opening up cans of wounds and just like making a mess of things and stuff like that. I don't, it doesn't have to be like that far from it. You know, you know, I like yeah. the, I like, I like it when you say that because there are so many programs and books and self-care programs and self-help programs that go way out there. And sometimes yeah. they take a, they take a molehill and it becomes a mountain. And I've always said those yeah. self-help, they need, they need to be concise. They need to be on point and they need yeah. to be what you just said, practical. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, so if someone wants to go do plant medicine in Peru and do all that, you're not doing, I'm not doing that with you. You go do that with someone else. I don't care if you want to do that type of stuff. That's your thing. I'm, I'm here. I'm very practical. You know what I mean? Like I'm here to help you become incredibly power within, uh, powerful within yourself, help you build inner resilience, believe in yourself, be the best man that you can possibly be, lead how you choose to want to lead in life and just drop all the, the bullshit perceptions and just be incredibly strong within yourself. And then if you want to go and explore the other stuff, you can. But here's the thing you're better you will be more prepared in life for whatever comes up for you after you've 
been coaching with me because you're going to need that strength. If you're going to go off, explore another shit, you're going to need some backup, boy. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad you said that. Well, you know, like that's, that's you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to some of those tips again, but there you have it. And, yeah. and you know, if, Mandy, I got to say, I appreciate the work that you do and I, and I appreciate our friendship and the time yeah. that you've been able to give me on this. We're still exploring the show, you know, we're, yeah. but, but, but great conversation, great, great information. And, and the guys that are still listening, thank you for hanging in there with, with Mandy. Uh, it's been very enlightening. I've learned some stuff and, <laughs> and we, we just look forward to the next conversation. Um, parting shot, anything you'd like to say? I mean, that was inspirational in itself, but anything you'd like to say? And then, um, We'll just call it a night, I guess, or a day. It's morning there. <laughs> By the way, there's a 20-hour difference. And so it took yeah. Mandy and I a little bit of time to logistically figure it out, but we did. And, you yeah. know, that's that's what we do. We, we adapt and we overcome. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm so grateful for you and, and, and glad that you're still here and you're able to bust through the things that you were dealing with and taking uh, the things that you learned in your own inner strength, because your dad seems like an awesome guy yes. and, and, and be able to help guys on their own journeys. Uh, and yes. I said it, I said it earlier, a lot of guys won't admit it, you know, that we need help, or, but you know, uh, it's something that we need to do more of. We, we need to quit dragging our knuckles like we've been doing for centuries. And we need to take some advice from Mandy. And she said, you know, we're, we're stronger men when we're in touch with our feelings and, yes. and, and I love that. So parting yeah. shot, Mandy, and, and then uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. I think um, one, just like one, if you're going to reach out to me, no, I'm, I have no judgment. So that, that's probably something that. And how I'd can really people like to... reach you? How do they reach you? Tell us how they reach you. <laughs> uh, MandyGibbons.com. Um, and also via LinkedIn. And I'll actually provide my links to you so that then they can click on them. Because some of them have like underscores in them and full stops and they're not super complicated, but they're all got Mandy Gibbons in or Mandy Gibbons coach. But, you know, depending on what was available, you know, on that social media platform. But yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and and via my website as well and my podcast show, which uh, you would see, have seen John on. So, and that was a great show, and I appreciate you letting yeah. me share as well. But uh, I'm looking awesome. forward to it. This is going to be an awesome year. You know, you've got so much work to do because men need a lot of help. And and I, and I smoke and joke about this, but, you know, if you just look around, it's quite apparent to anybody uh, that, that's, a, that's aware, and you mentioned awareness, that yes. it's time to get the help if you need it. And, and, yeah. and we, we need it, guys. Let's quit fooling ourselves. Yeah. Let's let's be yeah. like Mandy would say, brutally honest. And let's get on yeah. with it. Let's 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 be the best yeah. we can be. And you can definitely have some fun with it at the same time. Right. Like I I guess probably because I could joke around a fair bit like, like you know, like I'm fairly serious in these. Um, but I like to have fun as well. So, you know, it's not all like doom and gloom. Like, I mean, for me, it's like just helping you breathe energy into yourself and just having a great life like because you got to have fun right you got to have even like a bit of a child um uh like kind of outlook even on life and bring some playfulness into your life as well that's so important 
Couldn't agree with you more, Manny. So there you go. You breathed some life into me tonight and all of our listeners. And uh, I'll let you go. I know you got a big day ahead of you. Uh, stay safe down under. And uh, I'll be in touch. And I'll let you know when all this comes out. And um, I appreciate you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, John. See you later, everybody. Thank you. Bye, Manny. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>